Thank you for joining us this morning. Are you ready to praise the Lord? Yes. I know I'm ready. Um, let's say our vision this morning. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who will align to the Word of God and we make an eternal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So this morning, don't think about the heat and just rejoice in the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We just thank you that you are so wonderful. You are so good to us, Lord. And Father, we lift our hands this morning and surrender to you, Father God. We surrender right now, Lord. And we just yield to your Holy Spirit right now, Father. And we just connect with you and just worship you this morning, Lord. We just praise you and glorify your name, Father God. We thank you that you are here and your presence is over, will overflow in this place this morning, Father God. We just bless your name, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful, wonderful presence, Lord, in this place, Lord. We celebrate on you today, Lord Jesus. We just bless your name this morning, Father God. Thank you, Father.
overcomers in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we know who we are in you, Lord. We know who we are in you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. I just worship you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Who am I that the highest can? 
Thank you for changing us. Oh, thank you for freeing us. Oh, delivering us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we are changing your presence. We are changed. Oh, we become brand new. We are new in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
this morning we can stand and say we've been changed free delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost amen bless the Lord God bless the Lord God father I thank you for each and every person in this place for those who've joined us online this morning we just ask father we know your presence is with us everywhere that we go and so where two or more are gathered we're here in person but we thank you there's no distance in time or time in the spirit and so we are one in the spirit and we are one in the lord this morning i thank you that your presence is here and we yield to you and everything that we do and say this morning as we prepare to give this morning we open our hearts and we give it as worship unto you in jesus name glory to god as you're seated this morning just look to the person on your right or your left and just welcome them tell them you're so glad to see them you look so great this morning welcome this morning hallelujah glory to god bless the lord thank you god bless you team we appreciate you glory to god hallelujah bless the lord 
Hallelujah. All right. If this is your first time with us, would you please raise your hand this morning so we can acknowledge you? Any first timers this morning? God bless you this morning. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Thank you for taking the time to honor us with your presence this morning. The ushers have a packet. If they've given it to you, you can give the card back to one of the ushers or throw it in the offering bucket this morning. And we have a gift for you before you leave. God bless you. Are you ready to give this morning? Okay, come on. <laughs> Let's just continue to worship God with that giving this morning. Um, before I go into the scripture, I want to say it's so good to have Dr. Marilyn Nubau with us, sorry, this morning. Um, if you feel led and you'd like to give into the home ministry, uh, please write on your envelope guest speaker. Thank you. Um, this morning, I'm just going to read three of my favorite scripture on tithe and offering, and I'm just going to let it speak for itself. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. One of them is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Another one is Proverbs 10.22. It says, The blessing of the Lord brings true riches, and he adds no sorrow to it, for he comes as a blessing from God. And um, also Proverbs 3.9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, and with the first fruit of all your crops, your income, then your barns will be filled, then your barns will be bountifully filled, and your vest will overflow with the new wine. And also I have a few quotes from uh, Gloria Copeland. I really like this, it speaks to me, so I thought I would share with you this morning. It says, give God what is his, he will increase everything that is yours. And another one, it says, we tied the first and the best. The blessing of increase is on the rest. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up and confess the word together this morning. Ready? Read. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and ho bonuses, houses, fits, sales and commission, settlements, in-state and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and property acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, 
and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We are command harvest to come. Harvest come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God. We give cheerfully. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. We say we don't have to give. We get to give. Glory to God. And we take every opportunity to do so. Father, I thank you that each one of us has determined in our hearts what we're to give, being led by the Spirit of God. And so we thank you, Father, that as we give, we're not just throwing money away, but we are sowing, Father God, right now, and we are investing into your kingdom. And I thank you that every time we invest in the kingdom of God, that we reap the harvest. We see a return on every seed that we sow because we don't forget about it and you don't forget about it. And so we thank you as we do it cheerfully. We know that we are loved by God and we thank you for the opportunity to, to do so. We thank you that this church Church is blessed, this ministry is blessed, and every family connected with us is blessed. In Jesus' name, do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're not going to take any more time up. We have a special guest with us this morning, and we want to give her the time that she needs to get the word out. So this morning, those of you, she's very familiar to you. Those who have been here before, this is Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. She comes to us from sunny California, the beautiful <laughs> side of California, I like to say, from the San Diego area, beautiful area of California where the weather is always perfect. Yeah. <laughs> this is cold for her today. <laughs> and she's like, oh, the fan's on. And so she comes, she travels all over the world. We know the last couple years uh, have been a bit tough with COVID and everything, but God has a call on her life to just take the message of healing, the message of faith, the message of prosperity, uh, the message is in her, and I want you to pull it out this morning. Amen? Do you know how to do that? You just use your faith and you pull on the gift that's on the inside as we receive her this morning. Come on, Dr. Marilyn. Thank you. Hallelujah. Am I turned on? You are. It's good to be back here. Thank you, Pastor Maria and Pastor Jack and Maria. Thank you for having me back. And thank you all of you for coming out again this morning. I know it's going to be a hot week this week for you, but um, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. You know, I just want to share, can I just share an awesome, awesome, awesome testimony? Because, you know, we're talking about tithes and offerings. And, um, and like our sister was saying, what Gloria said, when you give God what belongs to him, then he will increase what belongs to yes, you. Yes. And like Pastor Maria was saying, I haven't uh, been able to minister for 13 months because of COVID. And although it's, it is a ministry, and I absolutely love what I do. I love my assignment from God. But it actually also is my means of income because, you know, people do give offerings. So for 13 months, there's no offerings. You know, a lot of people lost jobs and didn't get to go to work. Well, I didn't get to go to work for 13 months. 
but I always, I'll never stop tithing and I'll never stop giving and I never stop. You know the difference between a tithe and a tither? A tithe is 10%. A tither is one who never stops giving, not, never stops tithing no matter what the situation says. That's a tither. That's good. You know? So I've always been a tither. So uh, in, I guess it was in the 1st of February, having gone 13 months with no income, in one day and one check, God restored everything I would have earned in 13 months. One day in one check. God is faithful. It was a big check. <laughs> because God is a faithful God. If you do your part, he'll always come through. He's, he's never late. But that's, that's awesome. I mean, to, you know, I, I went to get my mail, and I had a, a phone bill and the utility bill. And then there was one letter. I thought, oh, well, I'll open up the phone bill. And I paid my phone bill and paid my utility bill and opened up this other letter. That, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God is a faithful, faithful God. And, Father, we thank you so much that you are a faithful God. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher and our guide. And Father God, I pray that your words will be my words as I speak forth your word today. It will touch the hearts of the people. And that what perhaps they heard before and missed it, they're going to hear it tonight or this morning. If they've missed something last time, they're going to receive it today. I pray that every heart is open to receive all that you have for us today. And Father God, we give you all the praise and all the glory, and we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said amen. Amen. Well, I've titled my message this morning, Kingdom Culture, <laughs> because we've heard so much about culture, cancellation culture, COVID culture, culture this and culture that. Well, we're going to talk about kingdom culture today. Amen. Now, I have preached the gospel in over 50 countries. I mean, that just amazes me. It may not amaze you, but it amazes me because I'm just a corn husker from Nebraska. And I have been to over 50 countries preaching the gospel. And as I go to all these different countries, I am exposed to many different cultures. And for me to be able to communicate to the people in that culture, I have to do it through the language of that culture. So therefore, I have to have a very, very good interpreter because that's the only way I'm going to be able to communicate with these people. So I'm always praying that I have an excellent interpreter. Now I'm going to show you some pictures today because I believe it will enhance my message. And I'm actually going to ask if some of you that are sitting towards the back, because I know these screens are kind of small, if you want to just stand up and move forward on three. One, two, three. Everybody, you don't want to miss these pictures. Amen. I want to grab something out of my purse. Hallelujah. Excuse me. One moment. Uh, just in case I need my glasses. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this first picture, if we can turn on the camera and see the first picture. 
Now, how many can tell me what country is that from? Africa. That's pretty easy to tell, isn't it? So, hallelujah. Tanzania. This is in Maasai land. Uh, so this is a picture of African culture. Now, if you look at the top picture where these four men are, they're all dressed, it looks like they're in red. Well, what they do is, because these four men are warriors, this is lion territory. I actually had to sleep in a tent in lion territory, which was not my favorite hotel. <laughs> but uh, because they're warriors and their job is to guard the livestock from the lions. And so they take a mixture of goat's milk, goat's fat, and goat's blood. They mix it all together, and then they pour that all over themselves, and that indicates, well, this is a warrior. Kind of different than our military uniforms, but that, you could say, is their warring uniform. And now in Maasai land, they have huts that are made of their mud huts and a little other combination of some other things, but it's, but it's very packed, very solid. Uh, because they need to guard themselves against other animals and other tribes. Now, if you go further into places closer in like Nairobi, uh, their huts are more like just sticks. You can see right through the house. But in Maasai land, they need to have more protection. So they are having, they live in mud huts. And now in parts of uh, Africa, some parts they speak Swahili. But in Maasai land, they don't speak Swahili they speak a language called Maasai. So when I'm over there, I have to have two interpreters, from English to Swahili, wow. and then Swahili to Maasai. So you can see I have to have two excellent interpreters, because you know, you say one thing to one person, and, they, and pretty soon, who knows what they're saying? So I have to know that I have two excellent interpreters, because that's the only way I'm gonna be able to communicate with these people, and we've always had such fruitful, uh, wonderful, successful missionary trips there. <clears throat> and I have written here in the bottom, it says, Yesu Anakapende, that is Swahili, and that says, Jesus loves you. The next picture, now this is a picture, uh, this was taken up way up in the mountains of Guatemala. I was preaching up there, it's 10 hours up the mountains of Guatemala. <clears throat> And I was working in orphanages up there, and we had a feeding program of over 600 children, and they're divided among five different locations. So in order to get to some of these locations, we have to travel on horseback. So I told my team members, if you're going to go with me, it would behoove you to do some horseback riding <laughs> before you come, because we're going to be on horses for eight hours, and they're not going to be Tennessee walkers. We're going to borrow some old gray mares from the local farmers. So uh, you might want to be ready. Amen. So, uh, but up here in the feeding program, uh, if you see this top picture, these ladies, I don't know if you can see it, but they're smiling. And they're sitting on the floor. And they've come to help with the feeding program. And so they had to carry water in, in very colorful jugs. And then they have, they're washing the dishes in these colorful little wash baskets or these little tubs. And they're smiling because that is normal for them to sit on the floor and do dishes. That's a part of their culture. Now, if I have to sit on the floor to do my dishes, I probably wouldn't be smiling because that's not my culture, but that is their culture. 
and when I go to market, we have market days where I live on Thursdays, and everybody's got their food and vegetables up on a nice little table. Well, theirs is on the floor, on the ground. They put a nice blanket down there, but that's just a part of their culture. It's totally different than our culture. And the language, many places they speak is Spanish, but way up in the mountains where I preach, they don't speak Spanish, they speak a language called Quiche. So there I also have to have two interpreters, from English to Spanish, and then from Spanish into Quiche. And I have written here, Gloria a Dios, and I'm sure you know what that means, <laughs> glory to God. And uh, so now let's look at me, and, and we've always had great, great successful mission trips everywhere I go for 50, I mean all these years it's just been lives touched, changed, people being saved, healed, transfer, you know, lives transformed and delivered. It's always been awesome. Now let's look at the third place. <clears throat> this is up in the Arctic, a little bit different temperature. <laughs> and actually I was in the Arctic in January and Guatemala and Fiji in the middle of the heat summer. I thought I could have changed that, but you go when God tells you to go. But they did have a heat wave in the Arctic of 50 below. <laughs> And so they opened the windows. I thought, that doesn't quite compute with me in San Diego, but, <laughs> but, um, but this is up in the Arctic with the Eskimos. And so the Eskimos, they dress very colorful. Uh, they use a, a lot of the whale skin for everything to make their boots, which is called mukluks. And uh, this, in the middle, there's a, uh, an igloo there with a lady standing next to the igloo. This is a one-man igloo. And, uh, when I went to Bible school, same with Maria and everybody that went to Bible school in Tulsa, well, you have to move to Tulsa if you're going to go to Bible school there. Well, these students also had to move to where their Bible school was. Well, their Bible school is in this place called Rankin Inlet. Well, this lady, her name is Susie, so she had to move there to go to Bible school. Well, do you know where Susie's home was? In the North Pole. And I said, Susie, you're the first person I've ever met that lived in the North Pole. And I laughed and I said, I thought only Santa Claus lived there. <laughs> and she said, oh no, we're all up there with Santa Claus. We have a big family igloo up there. I said, oh gosh, I, could, I just couldn't comprehend living in the North Pole. <laughs> but, um, but they did have a heat wave, you know, 50 below. That's a biggie, you know. Um, and then I had my first and last dog sled ride. <laughs> I knew how to tell that horse to whoa, but I wasn't sure about that dog. But, um, and then the language that they speak in the Arctic is called Anuktitut. And it's a sign language, not with your hands, but like symbols. And underneath Anuktitut, there's a little symbol there, and that's the title of a song, and it says, I Surrender All. And so you can see all these different cultures that I'm exposed to when I travel all around the world. And again, it's so critical that I have an excellent interpreter because that's the only way I'm going to be able to successfully communicate with the people and get people saved, healed, and delivered. And we've always had such awesome, awesome, fruitful trips. So let's just imagine now that I'm going to take another trip. I'm going to go back to the Arctic. Anybody want to go with me? They might have a heat wave, you know. <laughs> but we're going to go back there, and we're going to have an evangelistic crusades, and we're going to do some construction. We're going to build some homes for the Eskimos. So let's take a look at the next slide. So here we are. There's the Eskimo, and she's 
uh, all ready and happy that we're going to build a new home for her. And after about a week, she comes out to look at the house that we built, and she sees a mud hut. Now, that is not going to compute with her in the Arctic. There's no way she's going to be happy living in a mud hut. Just, that's just not going to work. And then we're having the evangelistic crusade, and my translator begins to translate me into Spanish instead of a nuktatuk. There's not one person there that understands one word I'm saying. So this entire trip is a complete failure, totally unfruitful. No one's going to respond to the altar, hall, right. altar call because no one understands one word I'm saying. So it is total failure. You know why? Because we mixed the culture. You cannot mix cultures and expect to be productive. You cannot do it. Now let's look at the next slide. I hope you can see this. This is heaven's culture. I don't know if we can zero in on it, but in heaven's culture, there's eternal life. Praise the Lord. Eternal life. A victorious life. Justification. Joy. Praise. Deliverance. Being set free. Peace of mind. Agape love. Healing and wholeness. All these parts are, that's all included in heaven's culture. Isn't that glorious? And heaven's culture also has its own language. And the language of heaven's culture, or we could say kingdom culture language, is the language of faith. And it always says, it is written. That is the language of our culture. Amen? Who would agree with me? Amen? Let's look at the next slide. Now, the world has its own culture. There we have eternal death, a defeated life. You know, you can be saved, filled, and you can still be defeated if you're mixing your culture. Uh, so it's a defeated life. Condemnation, worry, confusion, fear, anxiety, negative attitudes, anger, hatred, sickness, disease, and offense. All these things are part of the world's culture. And the world has its own language. The language of the world is doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. Now, I want to show you how easy it is for us to mix our culture and then we wonder why we live a defeated life. We live a defeated life. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We belong to heaven's culture because we are citizens of heaven. So we must cooperate with our own culture. If you want to be saved, filled, and victorious, you have to connect and communicate and respond to our culture, which is kingdom culture. So let's look at the next slide. So here we see mixed cultures. Are you able to zero in on just a couple of those or not? You're not able to, okay. So this first one says a victorious life versus a defeated life. 
Now you come to church on a Sunday, midweek service, you're having just a glorious time. Word of God is going forth with might and power, and you're just all pumped up, and you're just, just, you're just filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Sunday's been great, and you have a wonderful Sunday afternoon uh, time with the family. But then you go to work on Monday. Monday, Monday. <laughs> you know, I can remember years ago, I don't know if they do it anymore because I haven't worked in a secular job for years, but they used to say, well, today it's Blue Monday. Anybody ever hear of that phrase? Blue, only bad language, negative attitudes. And if you're not careful, remember when you people you say, oh, it's Blue Monday. We say, oh, yeah, you're right, it's a Blue Monday and you start speaking the world's language. Yeah, yeah. They start pulling you down, and you start thinking, oh, man, it's Monday. I can't wait till it's TGIF day, yeah, Friday. Right. I can't <laughs> wait. Thank goodness it's Friday. <laughs> Remember those days? Yeah. Well, you know, when that happens and you catch yourself, you start talking like they're talking, complaining about the job, complaining about the work, complaining about the boss. If you're catching yourself changing your culture to hook up with theirs culture, you need to take your break, your lunch hour, you go sit in your car and you listen to worship music. You turn on that Pandora and you start listening to worship music. You start praying in the Holy Ghost and you build yourself up. Because if you don't, you're gonna be defeated and you're gonna wonder why don't I have favor at work? Well, you've snared yourself by hooking up with the world's culture. You cannot do that and expect to be victorious. It's just not going to happen. But you see how easy that is to mix cultures? And then we wonder, why am I defeated? Justification, we know we have been justified. But then there's condemnation. You know, the devil wants to remind you of something that you did either 30 years ago <laughs> or just yesterday. But he's going to make you think of those things, and then you're going to feel so unworthy to receive your healing. You're not worthy to be promoted at work. You know, it's just woe is me. You're just feeling down, 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 and you're depressed. You know, you can't listen to those lies. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then you need to bring into captivity every negative thought to the will of God. Amen. You've got to take those negative thoughts captive because the devil's going to tell you lies. The devil's going to... He's going to speak threats at you, threats. And they're all lying threats. You know, I can remember many, many years ago, I can, I can say many, many because I have had a few many, many years. <laughs> but uh, there was this really famous boxing match that was going to be taking place. I don't remember Muhammad Al, I don't know who it was, but I know the whole world had their eyes on this boxing match at this time. And I'm not into boxing, although I always did like Rocky. I like Rocky. <laughs> Glad Rocky got saved. Yeah. But um, anyway, everybody's going to watch this boxing match. And that included my two brothers and my dad. I thought, well, I guess I'll watch the boxing match too. So before the match started, 
they showed the interview of those two boxers the day before. And the day before, both of those boxers, man, they're talking, they're making those threats. They're going to pounce that guy. They're going to stomp all over him. I mean, have you ever seen them yeah. do that? I mean, they're just wild. I mean, they're just, why, you, you think the poor, poor guy's going to get killed when he gets into that ring. I mean, they're just making these horrible, horrible threats. Well, and then now that all that interview is over with, and now they're going to have the boxing match. So they have the match, and then the match is all over, and now they're going to do two more interviews. Well, first of all, they're going to interview the champion. Well, he's holding up his gold belt, you know, he won, hallelujah. He's just all ecstatic. And then they interview the loser. And they said to the loser, I'll never forget this, they said, at what point did you realize you lost the fight? Round three, round five? At what point did you realize you lost that fight? And he says, I realized I lost the fight, not in the ring. Uh -huh. I lost the fight yesterday when I listened to his threats. He said, I should never have listened to those threats because he was defeated by the threats the devil is always going to speak threats at you if you listen to those threats you'll be defeated because you are mixing your culture you have been justified we have been made the righteousness of god we are in right standing with god we deserve we earn, we have earned our relationship with father god we have a covenant with him all things that are good belong to us so don't listen to those threats of the devil. And then we have joy and praise, hallelujah. But especially this last year, the world is supposed to be in worry and confusion. It has grieved my heart, if I can just say this, when I saw how much worry of the world's culture was exposed in the church. Worry and fear has been exposed in the church. How many people have mixed their culture? We can't do that. Uh, you know, you have to keep your joy level high. And you keep it high through the word of God. Some people, maybe you lost your job. You didn't get paid for 13 months. Maybe the refrigerator broke and the kids got sick and pretty soon you're having a pity party. Woe is me. Why me? And then, you know, Jesus doesn't go to pity parties. You're all by yourself. <laughs> because he doesn't, he, oh, I'm not going to any old pity party over there. No, you want the Lord to be with you. You have to have the joy of the Lord. You have to keep the joy level high. And one way you do that, you've got to keep praying in the Holy Ghost. You've got to stay in the Word of God. You, it's your responsibility right. to right. build yourself right. up. Right. Nobody else is going to do it. You have to do it. It's right. our responsibility to keep yourself built up. Amen. And then what is the next one that we have? Oh, oh I went, yeah. Where were we? No, no. There, there we go. Walking in love. You know, people have asked me so many times, when I was at Ramah, 
They said, what was your favorite class? What did you learn the most? Was it in faith class or was it in righteousness or the authority of the believer? Which class did, was it where you learned the most? And I said, I didn't learn it in the classroom. I learned from Brother Hagen the power of walking in love. If we learned one thing, it was the love walk. Because of all the attacks that he would get, never, never paid attention to any of them. He didn't even open, open a negative letter, a newspaper, nothing. He always guarded his heart. And if we ever learned the power of walking in love, we learned that at Bible school. You know, the Bible also tells us in Mark 11, 23, that you can, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. You can speak to any negative situation in your life, and it will remove. But then it says in verse 25, if you have ought against any... You have to forgive, or Father God can't forgive you. If you don't have faith to forgive one, just one offense, if you don't have faith to forgive one offense, you'll never have faith to move a mountain. It's never going to happen. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, we could say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me to love and to forgive, to forgive the unforgivable, to hug the unhuggable. I have the power of God to do that because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I want to make sure I'm staying in kingdom culture and I'm going to stay in the love walk no matter what. And you know what? It does hurt. There are times where you you do feel hurt You've been crushed. You've been betrayed. You've been lied to. Was Jesus not the same? Was he not betrayed? Was he not lied to? Was he not spit in the face? He was abused. He took everything that we're going to take so that we can stay in the love walk. We, we, it's, it's not an option. We have to keep ourselves built up. And then we have to learn to submit. Submission is not restriction. Submission is protection. Because you can get off on the wrong path and start listening to wrong doctrine. Well, when you come to church and you hear the pastor say this or the pastor say that, it's for your protection to keep you from wrong doctrine. So you need to stay in that attitude that you have a teachable spirit. You have to have a teachable spirit at all times. Amen? So it's so, it's so, so, so critical that you do that. And then, you know, we talk about peace of mind and and fear um, and and healing and wholeness. Fear is the enemy of faith. Fear is, does anybody have, you have a, let me get, uh, borrow your bottle of water. I want to show something. Just thought of something. Now this bottle is not completely full, but there's very healthy water in here. I can drink this water. It's very healthy. But let's just imagine I want this, I want it to be full. So the only thing I would have, let's just say, imagine that this was a bottle, this was a glass of Clorox. (laughs) So I'm going to pour this Clorox in here because I I want a full bottle. Now, is this going to be pure and healthy to drink from this point on? No. Well, what about... um, can I keep the Clorox separated from the healthy water? Once it's in there, it's all just going to filter together, isn't it? Right, right. 
So this is no longer healthy. It's not going to do me any good. It's dangerous. Well, that's how it is with your heart. God has given every person a measure of faith. But if, if you have one inkling of fear, whether it's of COVID-19 or cancer, whatever it is, you got fear and you put fear in your heart, that fear is going to sift through faith. It is going to contaminate that faith. Your faith will not be pure. If you mix anything of the world into that pure water, you cannot, you cannot combine the world's culture with kingdom culture and expect it to be a healthy, victorious life. You can't mix those things. So you cannot give place to fear for anything in your life. Absolutely nothing. You know, uh, sickness and disease. Sickness, we have, we have a covenant of healing. Yes. Sickness and disease is not of God. It is not of God. Right. He doesn't have any sickness or disease to put upon us. Right. So sickness and disease does not belong to us. Healing and wholeness is a part of kingdom culture. Yes. When if something attacks you, well, I'm not saying you won't be attacked, but the Bible says that we overcome. It says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. My health is restored speedily. Even if you had COVID, it doesn't matter. My health is restored speedily. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I am the healed of the Lord. Himself bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. I stay with kingdom culture, and kingdom culture is going to heal me. Amen. But if you get into fear, you're going to mix your culture and you're going to still be saved. You're not going to lose your salvation and you can pray in tongues all day long, but you can have a premature death because you've mixed culture. Is this helping you today? You see how easy it is because you can, uh, you know, you're in church on Sunday and somebody's preaching on healing and praise God, glory, hallelujah. You know, healing belongs to you and you go home. Oh, my back. <laughs> My back yes. is killing me. Yeah, oh, my headache. All oh, these, uh, my, my sinuses are driving me crazy. Uh -huh. What have you just done? You're mixing your culture. Uh -huh. Can't mix your culture. Uh -huh. You've got to stay in the word of God at all times. Now turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you for the slides. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, verse 9, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's only going to happen through the language of heaven. It has to be the language of heaven that brings heaven into the earth. The language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven and brings it into the earth. That's what the language of faith will do for you and for me. So we have to cooperate. We must adapt to the language of our own culture. Amen. This helping you today? In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. It says, I have set before you 
life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life. Choose blessings. Who does the choosing? We do. God said, I have, I've set before you. Life and death, blessings and cursings, choose. He tells us to choose life. Choose blessings. Choose heaven's culture. You know, Catherine Kuhlman once said, the only limit to the power of God lies within the individual. It all depends on what they choose. The only limit to the power of God lies within the individual. So it is our choice to choose the language of our culture and live within our own culture. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 18. And I want to ask uh, somebody, uh, I forgot your name, the gentleman with the gorgeous Tanzania shirt. Gary. Gary, that's it. I don't know if your shirt came from Tanzania, but I heard somebody say that. Did it come from Tanzania? Did your shirt come from Tanzania? Oh, I wish I could have been there with you. I'm going to ask you to help me in just a few moments. But in the meantime, you can get, is, are you able to, are those chairs connected? Can you just take one chair apart for a moment and just hold it right there and I'm going to call on you for just a moment. So Proverbs 18, verse 21. 18, now watch me, not, not uh, Gary, was it Gary? Just stay right over there. Is it Gary or David? Gary. It is Gary, okay. You can sit if you want to, Gary, just help yourself. <laughs> In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, Death and life, or we could say sickness and health, are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Listen to me carefully. Death is not in the power of cancer. Death is not in the power of COVID-19. It is written, death is in the power of the tongue. It's in the power of the culture that you speak. The Hebrew language is very graphic. It actually pictures a tongue just like a hand. Power is force. It, when you hold something, I can pick up something and I have the power to grab it or to release it. There's power in my hand. Power is a force. Power can exist without being activated. So power in itself can do nothing until it's activated. There's electricity in this building, but before anybody came in, it was not activated. No one had called the power company and disconnected the power. The power was here, but by itself, in itself, it could not bring light until somebody activated that power by turning on the switch. Faith is a force. Faith by itself, unless it's activated, it can do nothing. In other words, faith without works is dead. I want to read in, in King James Version of James chapter 2, verse 17. Just listen. Even so faith... If it has not works, it's dead because it's all alone. The Amplified, so also, also faith, if it does not have works 
or deeds of action of obedience to back it up, it is powerless, it is destitute of all power, it is dead. It is dead. The New Living Translation says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead, it is useless. So once again, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So our tongue has the power to grab hold, or my hand has the power to grab hold of something or release it. So it is with the tongue. Now I'm going to ask Gary to pick up that chair. Watch him now. He's going to pick up this chair. Hold it high. Everybody can see it. You see that? Okay, bring it right over here, Mr. Muscle Man. Now he's going to set this chair right here. Just have it facing their back. Okay, did he bring, the, who watched him bring the chair? Did he pick it up with his nose? Did he pick it up with his toes? He picked it up with his hands. His hands had the power to pick up this chair. Now, will you take this chair and turn it completely around? His hand had the power to turn this chair completely around. Our tongue is pictured like a hand. Your tongue has the power from God to speak to any situation that's confronting you and turn it completely around. Your tongue can turn your sickness completely around to healing and wholeness. Your tongue, when you speak, you spoke those words over your tithes and offerings. When you speak that, you speak that from your heart. Those aren't just words that you're mimicking because it's on the wall. You speak that from your heart. You send those angels out there. That's what I do. And in one day, one check, I got a whole year's salary in one day. One check. Total, because I speak to it. You can speak to your situation. You speak to your finances. You speak to your health. You speak to your family. You speak to those relationships. Thank you, brother. You see how that helps you? Amen. Your tongue has the ability to turn any situation around just like your hand can turn a chair around. That's good. Isn't that awesome? Yes. That's the power we have. But you got to stay connected to kingdom culture. You can't mix your culture. You can't, you can't be having those pity parties. No one's going to be there but you. <laughs> so once again in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now the phrase, when it says its fruit, it indicates that the spoken word is likened unto a seed. It's like planting a seed into the spirit realm. Speech becomes seeds planted don't plant what you don't want to harvest because every seed will produce something. Seeds of truth or dishonest speech, each seed will produce a harvest. It will produce something. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 24, it says, Put away from you a deceitful mouth or perverse lips. Uh, prever perverse lips, it's a, it's a misuse of a tongue. If you're misusing your tongue, a deceitful mouth speaks an untruth. What's another word for untruth? 
Anybody? A lie. It's a lie. A lying tongue. That's talking about a lying tongue. Anytime we say something opposite of what the Word of God says about our situation, that's a lie. You know, we teach our children when they're little not to lie. Is that correct? Because it just seems like it just comes automatic. They took that cookie. Did you take that? No, I didn't take that cookie. And I mean, and they just, you know, you're almost, it's, it's a first truth. Actually, it's yeah. a first truth that you know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. You do not know the difference between good and evil, but you're born knowing right and wrong. Yeah. That's why that little kid took that cookie. I didn't take that cookie. <laughs> and they'll, they'll swear to high heaven and take that cookie. Right. But they know they took the cookie yeah. because they told a lie. That's why we teach our children, don't tell lies. But as adults, are we lying? Anytime you say something that's opposite of what God said, if he says you're healed and you say, oh, my back is killing me, God is up in heaven thinking, I wish my children would stop telling lies. I said they're healed. I didn't say they're going to be healed. I said they are healed. They're, oh, thank you, Lord, I'm healed of this back pain. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed of these sinuses. That's kingdom culture. But if you keep saying, oh, it's driving me crazy, or my arthritis is killing me, or God, I wish you'd stop telling lies. I wish that there's sin in the camp. And you know, every time we tell a lie, you know what the devil does? Yes. They're devouring themselves. He doesn't even have to do anything. Proverbs 6, you devour yourself with the words of your tongue. You are snared with the words of your tongue. You devour yourself. It isn't even the devil doing it. It's because we mix our culture. We can't mix our culture. In Proverbs 15, 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Psalms 45.1, your tongue is like the pen of a ready writer. You write your destiny. You write what's going to happen to you today. You write what you're going to, what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Now, in closing, listen to me carefully. The language of faith cannot be reduced to positive thinking. Positive speaking has its place, and it can motivate people. But positive speaking will never move the hand of God. Only the language of faith can move the hand of God. Amen. Only the language of faith has access to the kingdom of heaven and brings God's will into your life. Only the language of faith can do that. So I can't speak Spanish in the Arctic and expect people to respond to the altar call. It's not going to happen. And I can't speak German in a Chinese restaurant and expect to get apple strudel. That's not going to happen. And as a citizen of heaven, I cannot speak the world's language and expect to get heaven's results. Not going to happen. But let me tell you a very, very beautiful thing about the language of faith, about heaven's culture. 
the language of faith. We don't need an interpreter because that's our native tongue. It's our native tongue. Father, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for our kingdom culture, that we belong to you. Thank you, Father God, that we are citizens of heaven. And Lord, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that every time we begin to speak something of the world's culture, that you would check our spirit and that we will immediately make that transformation, that we will immediately uproot that seed and speak, it is written, it is written. I pray, Father, that each word I speak, it goes deep into every, the heart of every person today, let it take deep root into every heart, that you will quicken us to not cooperate in any way with the world's culture, but that we will stay engrafted into kingdom culture in Jesus' name, I pray. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And let me give you one example. You know, I grew up in Nebraska, <clears throat> and I, I lived on an acreage. I loved having a garden. I had a big garden. One of my favorite things was homegrown tomatoes. And I, after I planted those tomato plants, I'd stand back and make sure that row was nice and straight. But if I saw just one plant that was, hmm, it's kind of not quite in line, I would go over there and I would just pull up that tomato plant and I would just put it right where it belonged. And now the row was straight. Well, I do that in the spirit realm. The minute I catch myself, I just said something I shouldn't have said. Immediately, I uproot it. I uproot it by saying, Father, I repent of that negative word I just said for it is written, and then I speak from my heavenly language, and I'm putting everything right back in line. Because we're not perfect. We're going to speak, but, so, but the Holy Spirit is there to help us. As soon as I say something, give me a check so I can put that right back in line. Amen. So if there's anybody here today, and maybe you're not a part of heaven's culture, maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord, maybe you've never been what the Bible calls born again. I'd ask you all just to close your eyes for just a moment. And if that's you today, and you truly do believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and he died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead just for you, if you believe that with all your heart, and you want to know that you can live in heaven, if you, if you get born again like the Bible calls it, if you ask Jesus to come into your life, you are guaranteed two things. First of all, you are guaranteed that when you leave this earth, you will reign with Father God in heaven forever and ever and ever. And the second thing that you are guaranteed, that while you're on this earth, the Holy Spirit will come and live and abide in you and teach you and guide you and strengthen you and help you every breathing moment that you're on this earth. So if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and you do believe that he is the Son of God and he died on the cross and he rose again from the dead just for you, I would like to pray with you this morning. If that's you, all you have to do, nobody's looking around but just me, just lift up your hand real high if you've never prayed that prayer and you want to pray that today. Is there anybody here you've never prayed that prayer? 
Or maybe you have prayed that prayer, but you've drifted away and you find that you've actually been living a whole lot in the world's culture. You've been doing things that you just ought not to be doing. But you want to turn that around today. Is there anybody here that you'd say, that's me, I, I need to make some changes in my life? Anybody at all? Hallelujah. We're all walking right with the Lord. And remember, we want to make sure that we stay in heaven's culture. Let's just pray this corporate prayer together. Dear Father God, and just repeat this after me. Dear Father God, Dear Father God I, love you, I love you. And I thank you that you love me. And I thank you that you always teach me your word. And I do know that there's been times where I've, I've not been pleasing to you. I've drifted away. I'm not that far away. But I have done some things that haven't been pleasing to you. So this very moment, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. And I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Every time I begin to do something or say something that isn't pleasing to you, Holy Spirit, check me that I can turn that situation around. And I will do it immediately. And I will get right back into my kingdom culture. And I praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. If there's anybody here, if you have pain or sickness in your body and you would like me to pray with you this morning, you can come forward really quick. Anybody need prayer for sickness or pain? Anything going on? Don't hesitate. Come up quickly. Anybody at all? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's the healer, amen? But you know, the Bible says, such as I have, I give. And he's told us that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that means that when we lay hands upon the sick, we have that healing power to flow into the body, your body, because it is written that way, amen? But I want you to keep your focus on the Lord. Once I pray for you, that's when the healing process begins. And sometimes, once in a while, something can happen instantly, but most of the time, it is progressive. So what I want you to do, if you get any symptoms that kind of come back later on in the day, immediately you just take authority over them say no it is written when hands were laid upon me that healing process began and so now our job is to offer praise and thanksgiving to god because he is the healer amen so when i'm praying for you i don't want you to pray this is just time for you to receive so father god i thank you for my sister and i release that healing power to flow to every organ, every tissue, every cell in her body, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. Be thou made whole in the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, I speak peace, peace to her mind. Peace, peace. Let's take a deep breath. Peace, there it is. Peace, 
peace, peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you for my sister, Father God. I thank you no weapon formed against her will prosper. I release that healing power to flow. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes she is healed and whole and satisfied with long, strong life. Be thou made whole, spirit, soul, and body, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that healing power. There it is. Just take it in. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, be thou made whole. Every organ, every tissue, every cell in her body, the bone, the blood, the marrow, be whole in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for that peace that floods her heart. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you, Father. Be thou made whole, spirit, soul, and body. The name, it's above all other names. Thank you, Father, for David. I thank you, Father God, for this precious servant. I take authority over every malfunction, irregularity, every abnormality. I break its hold. I pull it down from its position of authority and I break the power of assignment it would have against him. For it is written, no weapon formed against him shall prosper. Now I release that healing power to flow from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Be thou made whole. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is written by your stripes. He is healed and whole and satisfied with long, strong life. And I thank you, Lord, for that divine appointment that's coming his way, that divine connection. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for my precious brother. I thank you, Lord. We just come against any fear. We break, we break any fear that wants to attack him. We say no, no, no. We release peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, my brother is healed and whole and satisfied with long, strong life. No weapon formed against him will prosper be healed in the name that's above all other names the name of jesus 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 thank you father oh thank you for this precious saint thank you for linda father god i release that healing power to flow i release the bomb of gilead into every part of her being be healed and whole in the name of jesus i take authority over every malfunction every irregularity every abnormality we say no we give it no place be thou made whole in jesus name jesus 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 thank you father thank you for peace thank you for a full supply she has a full supply in every area 
full supply in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Do you want prayer? Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against him will prosper. I thank you, Father God, that your hand is upon him, that you bless him in every area of his life. I thank you for long, strong life. I come against every weakness, any infirmity that would attach itself to his body. We say no, no, no. We give it no place, no place. For it is written by the stripes of Jesus. He is healed. He is whole. And Lord, your word says, let the weak say, I am strong. So we say, I am strong. Can you say that? I am strong. Again, I am strong. I am strong. Hallelujah. I am strong. Thank you, Father God. Be thou made whole. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, I just want to encourage you to keep your faith switch turned on. Stay built up in the Holy Ghost. You can't pray in your heavenly language too often. You can do it in the shower, when you're driving the car, when you're working in the yard, out at the pool. You'll probably be at the pool pretty soon. <laughs> you know, use your partner. He's your heavenly, he's, he's in on the inside of you to be your partner, to be your helper, to be your guide, everything that you need him to be. Don't take for granted that gift of the Holy Spirit that you can pray in your heavenly language. That's just not something that you do on Sundays. That's a lifestyle of communing with your Father through your heavenly language and pay, praying that perfect prayer. Amen. So thank you for having me here today. It's been an honor to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Maria. Thank you. Hallelujah. I know you were blessed this morning. Amen. Let's stand say, it is written, I am strong. <laughs> Amen. We're going out of here strong. And no matter what the enemy tells us, no matter what our minds tell us, amen, we're just going to speak the language of faith. Amen. We're going to become real proficient in the language of faith. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you for coming to those who joined us online. I know you were blessed this morning. You received your healing. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so we are dismissed this morning. Uh, remember, we will not be streaming live on Wednesday, uh, but I encourage every one of you to come out if you can. We are going to start the, the DVD for the financial revolution this Wednesday. We have four weeks of doing that, and then on July the 10th, right down that date, July the 10th, uh, Pastor Gary Cassie will be with us. He will do session number five. And so uh, he's going to come and do that for us. And then about two weeks after that, they're going to schedule a time to meet with every family who wants it. Pastor Gary will tell you what materials to bring, and it's all your bills. <laughs> we, this is the time we want you to bring all your bills to the church. Bring it all, all your numbers, all of that, and they are going to give you a plan to get out of debt within five to seven years. And some have done it in three years in some of their testimonies, but they will help you. And that includes your mortgage.
There are testimonies, all of us. Because what can we do if we have no bills? Anything God wants us to do. Amen? And so we're going to be a debt-free church. Amen? I believe we are a debt-free church. And so get ready for it. Get all your things together. Come on Wednesday. We won't be streaming live, so you have to come in person. And we'd love to see you. All are welcome to come. Amen?